Welcome to the Testimony Service Podcast, the podcast that will encourage you, increase your faith, and draw you closer to God. I'm your host, Martina. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So in an effort to help our listeners' faith increase, each episode will begin with the scripture. Today's scripture comes from Matthew chapter 6, verses 33 and 34. So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from Him. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way, one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. And now for episode 22, Waymaker. Hi, my name is Sunshine Vasquez. I live in New Hampshire, and I'm just blessed to be on your podcast. So my starting point was that I married very young. I married when I was 17 years old, and I was ignorant, you know, but after I had my first daughter, that's when I realized, you know what, there must be something more to life than just partying and goofing around. Now I'm responsible for this life. And it was then when I started pleading, I think my daughter was probably 10 10 days old. And I started to think about death. And I'm like, I don't know where that came from. But all of a sudden, I just felt like, oh, my gosh, she was just born. And one day, it might come that she would have to die. And I, and I started saying, I don't know if there's a God. But if there's a God, and if it's true, then you know what, I don't want nothing to happen to my daughter. I don't want nothing to happen to her. And so I started pleading. And outside of me, I heard a voice. And it said, Jesus has already done that. Mm, and I thought, wow. whoa, I thought people that said they heard voices were crazy. And here I am hearing a voice. Mm-hmm. Well, fast forward as I began to seek God, right? Because if you knock, he will answer, especially if you're looking for him. And as I began to seek God, I saw in the word that it said you had to tithe and there were certain things that you had to do. And I thought back then Ace Ventura was big. So I started thinking, really? Malachi 310, where it says, tithe. See, you robbed me on this, but bring a, a tent in my house that there that there will be room in your house and see if I will not open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out such a blessing, you won't have room enough to store it. And I thought, really? <laughs> let's see if this is true, you know? And that was the first promise that I came across that I said, I'm going to start doing. But here's the thing. My, fa- my husband wasn't a Christian. So he would give me money and he would say, pay the light bill. And I would say, well, we're going to tithe first. He's like, what was, what's this tithe thing? What are you talking about? And so I would take that money and I would tithe. And then there wasn't enough money for the light bill. But slowly things, there would be something. It would make a way. God would make a way. But my husband didn't like that I wasn't listening, that I wasn't, that he wasn't on the same page with me. Well, soon enough, it got into a battle financially when you're that young and stuff and you're doing things like that and you're not on the same page, there's a battle because it has to come to the forefront. God is going to make you deal with it, right? And so um, I ended up losing my dad. My father passed away around this period. I lost my my car. It got repossessed and I lost my house. It got foreclosed on. And then, of course, my marriage was falling apart. But here's the thing. When you turn to God and you start looking to God, then he's going to till the ground because all of the foundation that you think you've built, it's not good enough. His standard is holy. So he's going to make sure that when he tills it, he puts a solid foundation so that anything he builds up, nobody can take away. When all of these things started happening, did you ever start to like doubt God or like question, like, why would 
he allowed all these things, you know, to happen to you? It seemed like you were starting to try to let me test God and pay my tithes and then bam, bam, bam. Like, did that yes. ever cross your mind? It didn't only because I was really close with the Holy Spirit. Every day I sought him and that bliss when you're in the Holy Spirit, nothing else matters. Mm-hmm. It's greater than any high, greater than crack cocaine, and I've never tried it, greater than marijuana, and I've never tried it. It was such a bliss. I felt like I was in the eye of the storm, that even though this was happening, I knew that God had me. I know that over the years, like when I had cancer, when I got cancer, that's when I started to question God. Mm-hmm. But during that young, that that was when I was first saved. And it was bliss, you know? And though it was a hot mess, I thought, well, wait a minute, I, I'm still, I'm okay. My daughters, I have three daughters, so they're okay. So I'm going to keep doing this and see where it takes me. What I did when we separated, I ran to the church mm-hmm. and I said, I'm going to try it because my father was a reverend. So I said, let me try this. I'm going to try this church thing. I knew of God, but it wasn't until I started seeking him for myself because your parents' God is not your God. It's individual. Right. <laughs> And you have to sometimes fall on your own face or ride your own bike and balance yourself. So when all of this was going on, there was a dark, dark moment that I, because uh, one of my daughters was molested, she was touched by her uncle. And that was a very, very dark time. And at that time, I couldn't take any more. And I ran to the church and I just said, you know what, I'm going to try this church thing. I'm going to try to submit and serve. And God, if this doesn't work, then I know what I'm going to do. That was my plan. I remember being in a parking lot, talking to God. And I think at that point, I was angry because everything that I tried to do wasn't working out. And I yelled in the sky and I said, God, but aren't you with me? You know where the cheese is because life is a maze. And I said, you know where the cheese is and you're not telling me, tell me. So that's probably when I got to that point where you say, but that was when my daughter had been molested. And so I said, I'm going to run to the church. I'm going to try this, Lord. And he had been nudging me to do that. And I said, I'm going to try it. But if it doesn't work, I'm out. Like, I'm done. Well, when I ran to the church, the pastor's wife gave me a scripture, and it's found in Job. Though he slay me, yet will I serve him. And I thought, well, that sounds nice. I'm not sure if I'm able to do that. Yeah, but he had, he was already slaying me and I didn't know that's how ignorant I was, but I, I just started serving, cleaning the toilets, vacuuming the rugs, volunteering in nursery, wherever they needed me. And it felt nice to be needed Yeah, and to say that I finally fit in. If I don't have a home or whatever, my kids became part of the church mm-hmm. and we were fixtures there. Slowly, my husband started meeting at my church and he kept coming around. And I thought, no, you just want to play. I'm putting God first. I'm going to do this the right way. Well, I lost my job and I said, you know, I'm going to take this unemployment and I'm just going to go to school. I'm just going to get my associate's degree. Before you know it, I'm getting a bachelor's degree. And everybody is telling me, go to law school, go to law school. And I kept saying, God, I don't want to move if it's not you. Things started to work. I was actually teaching classes. I was going to prison ministry and I was telling them, no, God can do this. And even all along, even when I lost my house, prior to me losing my house, my husband refinanced the house and put it just under his name. And that was God covering me because when he lost the house and had to do bankruptcy, it did not touch me. Wow. That's how faithful God is. You're like in the eye of the storm. So finally, one day I'm vacuuming and the associate pastor passes by me and he says, um, 
so how are you doing criminal justice? So when do you graduate? And he was just making small talk. And then he says, you know, law school is only three years. And I looked at him like, what? Almost all of a sudden, there was this glow on, on his backside as he just said that and walk away like nothing. Mm. Well, all along, you know, we all get flags. They're, they're red flags or, or, or guidance that God allows us to get. All along, I kept hearing law school, law school, law school. And it wasn't until I heard my pastor, my associate pastor say that, that I thought, God, this is you. I'm in your house. And then I just stopped dead in my tracks, right with a vacuum at this big red carpet that I was vacuuming. And I'm like, God, do you want me to go to law school? And it was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't even tell you. It's everything I was feeling. Well, sure enough, it's just like he parted the waters for me to go to law school. Here I am, a single mom with three kids going to law school. How can I even afford that? Right. Go to law school. The whole time I was in law school, I kept feeling or I had this in my head. You don't belong here. Mm. This thought you don't belong here. But that's the enemy attacking us. And I was almost shaking that I thought somebody would come and tap me on the shoulder and say, get out, you don't belong, or go to the admissions office because they made some kind of mistake. You shouldn't be wow. here. But that wasn't the case. All along, it was like God letting me. And it's it's almost like he extends his hand and he tells us, come, come. And we're so terrified, we don't even dare. Yeah. And it's like, wait a minute, when he says he's got you, he's got you. And that just made me think of the Israelites when they're crossing through uh, the river, like the sea, the Red Sea, really. I mean, he had his, a wall of water on one side, a wall of water on the other. They're walking right. on dry land. Yeah, not even damp. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so, I mean, they must have been looking at the wall like, oh, my God, shrieking <laughs> that they're afraid because that's the right. way I felt. Well, the very first time I sat for the bar, the, the Massachusetts bar, I passed. And before I even graduated in 2014, I had already had my license. That's awesome. And I thought, this is amazing. And that's where it dawned on me, his plans for us are higher than our plans. All I wanted was to get my life straight, to be able to provide for my girls without depending on a man. Mm -hmm. if, if my husband came back, that would be great. But this is how little our thinking is. And God's like, no, I want you to be an attorney. No, you are going to speak for me. You're going to be my mouthpiece. And it's like, uh, wait a minute. <laughs> You sure you want me? And so we make fun of Moses. We make fun of all of them. Oh, I stutter, I this, I that. But you know what? Whatever your eye is, God is greater. Yeah. And it was just, it just happened. And then five years after I graduated law school, I was just doing jobs with the state, but not arguing cases. And finally, God kept calling me to immigration and people kept saying, son, do immigration, do immigration. I tried taking the New Hampshire bar three times and failed. And then I was frustrated. And then I got breast cancer. I thought, God, you know, you wanted me to become an attorney. Here I am an attorney. I don't live in the state of Massachusetts. Why am I an attorney from a different state? Mm -hmm. And here I am trying to pass the bar and you give me breast cancer. And I was very frustrated. Well, in all of that, my husband did come back. We did remarry. He actually told me one night, you know what? I see what comes in this house and I see what goes out. You wouldn't be able to do it if God wasn't with you. Mm, wow. And you know what I used to get? I used to get $230 for unemployment. $23 was my tithe faith. Mm -hmm. And one day I was taking out my tithe and separating. He goes, you know what? You wouldn't be able to do it if it wasn't for the Lord. I'm like, I'm telling you, man. Seriously, <laughs> man. Come on. So anyway, fast forward five years out of law school, me and my husband sit down and we're talking and I said, you know, it's one thing to step out of the boat for God in faith, believing that you're going to pass the bar and fail. But it's quite another to step out of the boat three times and fail. 
And my husband, who is not very spiritual, says, not if God is the one asking you to step out of the boat. So I thought, whoa, have I been going in front of God? Because we tend to do that. We tend to say, oh, okay, now I got this. I didn't want my life before, but now that you put me in a position, now I want it. Yeah. I thought, whoa, God, have I gotten ahead of you? And all along through that five-year period, people were coming up to me to do immigration. I said, no, no. And I would refer them to other attorneys. Well, finally, one friend of mine went to the caravan in Mexico, and she was going to be an attorney there. She was going to try to help the people that were coming up in droves in Mexico. So she called me and said somebody had gone to her office and that she took a case if I could go interview the young lady. So I went to Stratford County to interview the young lady. She is I, I believe El Salva, she's from El Salvador, so she spoke Spanish. Mm-hmm. This woman would not talk to me mm-hmm. in a four-by-four four cell. She wouldn't talk to me until I said, you know what, would, would you feel more comfortable if I prayed for you? When I prayed for her, then she just started to cry. She was terrified. She looked like a scared squirrel. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, wow, I can help this woman. And when I drove back, I said, God, if this is what you want me doing, then this I will do. And so shortly after three meetings, this woman received Christ in her cell. That's awesome. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? And I thought, wow, this is bigger than me. This is way bigger than me. And then when this whole COVID-19 happened, I was in my office and I have a map of the world. And I pin every time I help somebody from Thailand or wherever I help them, I pin. I put a red pin in there. And as I looked about this COVID-19, I said, God, this is happening everywhere. And your scripture says that a sparrow shall not fall to the ground unless you know about it. But this is your people falling to the ground Mm -hmm. all over the world. Surely this is on your desk. Surely you know about it. And all of a sudden, as I looked at all of the pins, I realized that none of those red pins were inside the border of the state of New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. All of them were outside of the borders, even three Muslim clients that I have. And I thought, God, You never wanted me to do New Hampshire law because Mm -hmm. in New Hampshire law, I would stay in the state of New Hampshire. Immigration law, it's federal and I'm going worldwide. Wow. And then when I realized that three of my clients were Muslim, I'm like, God, you want me taught? I'm a Christian Puerto Rican. I will tell you something, man. I'll make you rice and gandules, but I'll tell you about my Christ. Yeah, you're the right person. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) So that that is that's basically in a nutshell. I know I talk a lot, but I'm telling you, he is so good. That's awesome. I love it. That was great. <laughs> like I was so captivated, I didn't even write any questions down. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> well, you're welcome to ask me any questions you have. But for anybody who who wants to know if 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 there is a God, there's people that say that 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 they're atheists or agnostic. Whatever you are, ask. Talk, talk to the air, even if you think that you're talking alone. Because let me tell you, if you're sincere in your heart and you want to know, he will show himself to you. He will avail himself to you because he loves you so much. And, you know, now that I know the law, the whole time I was in law school, I kept thinking, wow, this the Bible lines up with this. And now that I've done studies, I, I got my little TikTok going, you know, I'm not, I'm not popular <laughs> there. But I'm telling everyone that I can. That is a will and testament. If your family member dies and they leave you a will, you don't know what they left you until you read it. Mm, yeah. That Bible that we call it, it's an Old Testament and any amendments have to refer to the Old Testament. So the New Testament refers to the Old Testament. So it qualifies the standards of law. It also qualifies the standard of a contract. It also qualifies the standard of a property deed to the Israelites for that land the Canaanites used to own. 
he actually uh, outlined the four corners of a deed. So it, it follows that to every area of property law that you can think of that Bible adheres to. And that just goes to tell you that the mind that wrote that Bible is so much greater than anything that we can even fathom. Absolutely. Like it can hold up to our questions. Like God's not, God's not afraid of our questions. I love how you, I mean, yeah, your, your road to salvation and your journey with God has been so humble, just asking real questions and not shying away from, you know, what it is you want to know. I mean, there's, there's no, there's no shame in that. Um, God, God can handle it. And I love that your story is like the perfect example of that. That's Amen. Awesome. Well, you know, when you have three daughters and you have mouths to feed and the rubber hits the road and excuse my expression, uh, I know this might not sound Christian-like, but when the shit gets real, that's when you say, I need to find out how am I going to do this? Mm-hmm. And you need to raise your, your sleeves. Even if you get mud on you, you you're going to dig in your heels and you're going to say, I got to find out what the answer is. Yeah. And sometimes a lot of people may not get there and praise God if they don't get that far. But when you get to a breaking place where you, you say, God, I need to do something needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Then you call on them. And, and for those out there about, about, because I did say, right, a bad word, so to speak. Why don't we say that for, for Christians who think, oh, for people who think, why do Christians not say bad word? The thing is, we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. If I am around you, Martina, and I say, you're beautiful, you're lovely, you're this, it makes you want to hang out with me and you want to spend that time with me. But if you are foul language or whatever you're doing and and you're you're being worldly, the Holy Spirit that has a holy standard doesn't want to be around that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes to talk and to reach people that are not Christians, we have to sometimes talk to them in the way that they can understand. Mm And that's why sometimes I'm, I'm real. I don't want, a lot of people mistake me. They think that I'm white, that I'm Caucasian, I'm Puerto Rican. Mm. And so um, sometimes they think, oh, you have everything right. Everything is perfect in your life. They don't know where you came from. Right. But when you get real with them, this is just the color of my skin. But I'm telling you, and especially Puerto Ricans, I mean, I guess in New York, I used to live in South Bronx. They will <laughs> cut you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> but um. But, but you have to know that it's real, that everybody that you see, this is what you see now, and this is what God has made. But this wasn't always sunshine. This wasn't always who I was, you know, and God transformed me. And if I want to get people to be transformed, I have to reach out to them in the language that they speak. Right. So I will use that only for purposes to reach out to people, but not necessarily that I speak that on my daily, my daily basis, because one of the biggest things I want to cherish and protect is that time with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So I don't want to do anything that's going to grieve him. I love that. <laughs> well, your name is very fitting for your personality. and <laughs> I love it. You're just a ray of sunshine. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm trying. I'm doing my best. You know, I told one of my Muslim ca- clients, he was like, do you think I'm going to get this case? Do you think I'm going to get this case? And bless their heart. You know, if they don't know, they don't know. And, and it's up to us to guide them. And I finally just went straight to the matter. And I said, um, does your God answer? Because my God answers. I pray to my God and he answers. So if you want, I'll pray for you too. Because I know that my God hears me yeah. and he answers. <laughs> I say that even even when Jehovah Witness, bless their heart, when they come to the house, I realize that they come to the house and they want you to listen to them. Yeah. And a big thing is listening, right? They want you to listen to them. So finally, I said, you know, maybe it's not polite for me to always dodge them or whatever. Let me try with them. So I listened to them and I said, okay, now I've listened to you. Actually, when I opened the door, I said, I will listen to you if you listen to me. Mm-hmm. So when I finished listening to them, I said, okay, now it's your turn. Come in, have coffee. Let's, let's talk. <laughs> 
And as I was talking to them, when I got to the seriousness of Jesus is not a prophet, he is Mm -hmm. not. He fulfills all of the prophecy. And he said he came to fulfill the law. And even with the law, you need evidence. And he provides it. John Smith, I'm sorry, there's not enough evidence. There's only two angels. There's not enough evidence. And I don't want to offend anyone, but I want the truth to come. If the truth offends you, then I'm sorry, but it still doesn't stop being true. It's still true, even if it offends somebody. So as I begin to tell him that Jesus is the one by his blood, that blood saved us from our sin. That's when she said, oh, I got to go. <laughs> so I tried. You did your part, though. Yes. <laughs> That's all yes, we can I do. I mean, I mean, we can't save anybody, but we plant those seeds and God God takes it. He's the author and finisher of our faith and he, he'll make it happen. <laughs> so you did yeah, your part and will. that's awesome. Yeah. He, he is amazing. You know, one of my friends, the way I came to it, you know, was I used to work in the money room in the bank long time ago when I, just before I had my daughter and I was in the money room, counting money, listening to music all day. And, you know, my father was a pastor, so I knew, oh, there's a God somewhere, but he wasn't my God. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to get to heaven. And one of the supervisors there was telling me, well, heaven is like, heaven is like, and I'm like, okay, well, she goes, do you want to go to heaven? This is what she told me. Do you want to go to heaven? I said, well, yeah, but how do I get there? And she said, okay, Who's your favorite team, sports team? I said, Chicago Bulls. I was born in Chicago. Michael, of course. (laughs) So she says, what if I told you I had free tickets to go see the Chicago Bulls? Would you want to go? And I'm like, of course I want to go. She says, what do you have to do if you know that I have the tickets? I said, well, I have to ask you, can I come? She goes, that's the same thing. Jesus is the one. He's got the tickets to heaven. You just got to ask him. And I'm like, well, then I guess I'm in. (laughs) That's awesome. I'm going to start using that. Isn't that cool for yes. sports, especially for men? It's it, they're into the sports theme. So hey, if it works, me it too. Works. I mean, Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> yes. How can you be into the Celtics? You got to tell me this. I really don't know. I really liked Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and Rondo and Ray Allen, and I just liked them together. And I followed them until they broke up and Doc Rivers left. And <laughs> now everybody gets traded every other day. So it's doesn't even matter. <laughs> well, listen, we're hurting. We we lost Tom Brady because, of course, yeah. his contract was up. So he's gone to Florida. And then Gronk came out of uh, retirement. So we're hoping we'll do good this year. Let's see. Uh, well, I don't even know if we're going to have a season this year, right? I know. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. I hope this gets wrapped up. <laughs> I, I hope so. And, you know, I'm yeah. very happy. I know that there's some people that want to continue the um, the isolation, but I think we need vitamin D. We do know that the Bible says, do not forsake the gathering together, even for our mental health. I don't know if you were isolated, but if you went outside in the sun, I looked up one day at the sun and I said, thank you, God, just the fresh air, just to be outside. But we are social creatures. God saw Adam and he said, it's not good for man to be alone. And he made Eve. And so I'm, I'm thankful that the president decided to reopen the churches. And I know that there's a lot of people that, that need that. I, I, I actually told some of my friends, I am going to be the loudest person praising at church on Sunday. <laughs> and if I see somebody not praising, I'm going to shake them. Like, yeah. what is wrong, What's wrong with, you? with you? Did you not get it? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So, yeah, I hope this blesses someone. I hope there's somebody out there that that this reaches. And, and again, it's just about being real. You know, sometimes we have to talk to them in a way that they'll know, listen, this is the way to salvation. I'm sure this is the way Noah felt when he said, listen, the flood is coming. Get on here. Get in here, you know. Mm-hmm. So whatever we need to do to save a few, I am 
struck by two scriptures in the Bible. One that says that my people perish for lack of knowledge. And I thought, well, God, if, if there's anything that I can do, any knowledge that I can share, I'm going to share it. And the other thing is the gates of hell will not prevail. Mm. I do not want those gates to prevail against any of his people. And, you know, we don't really think about it, but to think about hell, however it is described in the Bible, whatever that case is, we, you know, in isolation, we can't stand it. Could you imagine all the other stuff, you know, that, that yeah. hell talked about? It's something that I wouldn't want to be. If I can't handle pressure right here on the earth, how in the world am I going to handle pressure like the pressure it talks about tormenting, you know? So I, I think that I don't want any of my loved ones there. And if I can save some souls to make that crown that I give to Jesus even bigger, then, then by God, I'm going to do it. Because all of our deeds here on the earth, it's going to be tossed into the fire. And whatever is left is going to be a gold. It's going to be gold and it's going to be made into a crown for our Lord. So I'm hoping that my crown will be the biggest crown. Yes. <laughs> I'll be looking for you. <laughs> Amen. Yes, totally. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of the Testimony Service Podcast. We will be back next Wednesday. But in the meantime, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Testimony Service Pod. And as always, here is a sneak peek of next week's episode. I was like, what do you mean you just got tested? She's like, I just got tested. I had to leave work early. Like, I'm not feeling good. And when she told me the story of her not tasting anything... I was like, oh my goodness.